This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Get the inside scoop from us, the students of the University of Otago 2021 Science Academy. Students from isolated or underserved communities from around the country have come to Dunedin for an intensive week submerged in the world of science. Listen in as we share the experiences. Welcome to the Science Academy podcast. Kia ora. You're listening to ORFM, Dunedin's voices, Dunedin's stories. My name is Shayla and I'm here with two of my newest friends, Erin and Daniel, who I met during a Science Academy trip earlier this week. Hello. Hi. Before we start talking about our topic of the day, I thought I'd give a little background story. So... During lockdown, like many New Zealanders, I got very bored, extremely bored. So I started watching random Facebook videos, as you do, and after some time, and I mean a very, very, very long time, I came across a meme about dinosaurs. Then I subconsciously decided to look up the word dinosaurs, where I found a website selling dinosaur costumes. I know it's, it's, it's extremely irrelevant. Um, But anyway, I realised I don't actually know that much about dinosaurs. So as the biggest dinosaur enthusiast I know, I was hoping you guys could answer some of my questions. Let me hear your roar. That physically hurt to hear. (laughs) That was, like, rawful. Oh, no, not the two of you. (laughs) Please. All right, let's start off with something simple. What's your favourite dinosaur and why? Ooh. Uh, well, my favourite is the Epidexipteryx, which is a cat-sized dinosaur from China. It had big eyes, four long tail feathers, and a long middle finger on each of his hands, which is used for stabbing tree grubs. I really like how it's so unique compared to the uh, you know, popular dinosaurs like a T-Rex or a Triceratops. Well, you know, that's actually kind of odd because I've never seen your, your favourite dinosaur. Yeah, it's quite a unique one. But... What I imagine is like a tiger with wolverine fingers, but, you know, obviously just one in the middle, and then the rest, mm. what, the rest are just normal fingers. Yeah. That, is qu- that seems like it would look quite odd. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite weird when you look at it. You're like, that's a dinosaur? Erin, <laughs> what's your favourite dinosaur and why? Uh, well, after that lovely detailed explanation, my one's pretty basic, but... You know the um, kitchen scene in Jurassic Park where the velociraptors are opening the doors? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um, That scene I equally loved and feared as a kid. (laughs) And, you know, I've kind of grown out of the fear now that I know they're fake dinosaurs, but they're still my favourite. And even though we've discovered so much about them, all the models look so different now. Like they've got feathers and stuff, which is pretty cool. Well, I haven't watched Jurassic Park in a very long time but I feel like I can remember that kitchen scene. Well, why wouldn't we be able to recreate Jurassic Park in real life, since we're on the topic of Jurassic Park? Um, Well, dinosaur DNA, it doesn't last for very long. It only lasts for, like, thousands of years compared to the millions of years they've been extinct. And so we wouldn't be able to even get the DNA to even just have them, you know, living. Um, Other than that... There's also the atmosphere changes, so not enough oxygen for their hearts or their brains to keep them from, uh, you know, living and thinking and 
beating all the oxygen around and blood and everywhere to even just like the tops of the long necks. It's just very difficult. And the last thing is just because, well, you know, theme parks of dinosaurs are just well terrible. It's just like not not good at all. That's quite interesting because um, I was thinking earlier today. What do you think the world would be like if there were dinosaurs that still existed here on Earth today? Well, I mean, humans wouldn't even exist because when the dinosaurs died out, the mammals, you know, took over. And so um, they got to evolve as much as they could. And, you know, humans eventually came. However, with dinosaurs around, mammals wouldn't even get a chance. So, you know, we might get like... I don't know, human, intelligent lizard people who have their own <laughs> religions and go to school and have to do lizard homework. That's actually crazy how evolution works. Yeah. Speaking of evolution, what are the, the dinosaurs' closest living relatives? Um, surprisingly, they're actually birds. So Stephen Brissett, a paleontologist at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and some collaborators... They examined some fossils of coleosaurs, which are theropods, so two-legged dinosaurs with hollow bones and three toes. Quite a lot like birds, actually. Um, he stated that the classic bird features actually evolved one by one. So first it was bipedal locomotion, which is walking around on two legs, and then feathers, and then a wishbone, and then more complex feathers and then wings. So there's no, like specific distinction between birds and dinosaurs oh wow that's crazy because I actually I would have assumed that lizards would be the dinosaurs closest living relative I mean they look very similar Mm. they have similar I feel like they have similar features but I could be wrong um actually it's now a theory that dinosaurs were warm-blooded because the growth rings on their bones indicate very rapid growth which you can't really do with cold blood oh right and plus if you've felt a bird or something, they're very warm compared to us, usually like 40 degrees underneath. Just before we finish this podcast, I was wondering, what's the weirdest dinosaur names that exist? Uh, my favourite name isn't the name of a dinosaur, but it's one of the parts of the dinosaur. So a Stegosaurus, um, they have little butt spikes on the end of their tail, and they're called Thagomizers after a Far Side cartoon in which Gary Larson suggested that the Lake Thag Simmons, these people aren't really that important, so you don't need to know who they are, um, had been killed by one in caveman times. And all the paleontologists thought it was so funny that they named the part of the tail after it to match the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, those are all my questions for today. Thank you for coming and answering my weird but interesting questions. No problem. It was fun. <laughs> Hi, my name's Mary and we're here at OFM. We're here today to talk about science. I live in Levin and go to Hudafanoa College. My name's Alina and I live in Milton. I go to Tokomarero High School and today we're here as part of Science Academy, which is a bunch of students from all over New Zealand. Today Jordan's going to be speaking to you first and telling you more about the science that he uses. 
Hi, I'm Jordan, and I'll be talking about the science that I use in my daily life, as well as Elena and Mary. So, does anybody ever walk, hike, exercise, anything that requires more than moving your hand? Occasionally. Sometimes. Great. And do you get tired? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, normally what we would think to do is just sit down, have a rest. But no, there's another solution. What is it? We can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> now, when we're breathing, we take in oxygen. And what we do with that oxygen and last night's dinner is we make energy. Energy in the form of ATP. And how do we make that energy? Through respiration. Wow. What's yeah. respiration? Well, respiration is the process of taking oxygen and glucose which is basically the ice pops we had yesterday. Those were really good yeah, ice they pops. Were. I'm just making energy out of them in the form of ATP. There are three stages to respiration. Glycolysis, the Krebs cycle, and the electron transport chain. Glycolysis, basically just breaking down those glucose into two pyruvate molecules. Those pyruvate molecules, which is just a clump of carbon and other stuff, and putting them in the oven, waiting for them to come out as fresh carbon dioxide and excited hydrogen ions. With those excited hydrogen ions, we move on to the next stage within the matrix of the mitochondria. The mitochondria is just where energy is made, energy is processed, and it comes out as ATP. What does excited hydrogen ions, they have energy within them in which we can use ADP, which is just the form of ATP before it becomes ATP. So we just use the energy within the hydrogen ions, give it, give it the ADP, and then it comes out as ATP. Wow, and that's it. a lot of ATP. Yeah, exactly. A lot of ATP, because our bodies use a lot of ATP. And when we're walking and get tired, we breathe. Breathe. Next, we have Mary on the shortest route. Hi, I'm a very lazy person and have enough trouble converting oxygen into carbon dioxide, similar to Jordan, so I can breathe. As this helps me get places fast so I can continue being lazy. Have you heard of the equation speed equals distance divided by time? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. So, with this equation, I rearrange it to time equals distance divided by speed. So, if I have two routes and want to get to McDonald's fastest as I can to get my Big Mac and my nice salty chips that I know we all love, oh, they are good. Yeah, I will obviously, yeah, we should, eh? I will obviously pick the short one, meaning my distance will decrease. So, I don't go around the warehouse, I go through the car park. My speed remains constant as I can't be bothered walking faster. Therefore, by taking the shorter route, I will t- get to McDonald's in less time. Wow. wow. I'm becoming few. Mm, so we can eat our Big Macs. Mm. So now, Elena, tell us how you use science in your daily life. So a couple of days ago with Science Academy, we went on a boat trip out, out through the harbour, out to tire our heads. Once we got off the bus, it was really cold and everyone started shivering. Yeah, it really was cold, eh? Yeah, I was shivering hard out. Yeah. 
when we shiver, our brain's sending us nerve impulses to the muscles. So it's shooting them out, like turning a tap on and off really fast, and the water's just shooting out the end. This causes rapid contractions of the muscles, so it's moving really fast, which is why we're shaking. It's like rubbing your hands together and making heat. It makes the body warm up, which is good for cold conditions. That was how I use science in my daily life. Just to recap, Jordan, how have you used science? Uh, you know, when I get tired, I just breathe. More oxygen means more energy. Stay breathing. I like to take the shortest route. Therefore, I'm breathing less, using less energy. Therefore, getting places faster. So, guys, how does a Big Mac sound? Pretty Sounds good. Pretty good. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Welcome to ORFM Dunedin. Tonight's podcast is all about sleep invasion, brought to you by the Otago Science Academy. I'm your host, Mark Dorton, from Tararua College in Donard Island. And I'm Makaleta from Mangri College in the south side of Auckland. So, Makaleta, what do you like to do? Um, I like to eat, but especially sleep. Oh, that's interesting. But I got a question. Why do yeah. we need to sleep? Well, the human body regulates sleep the same way that it regulates eating, drinking, and breathing. While there are many theories out there that attempt to examine the biological reasoning behind the human need for sleep, there's no single theory that definitively provides a scientifically proven judgment. Oh, so when we sleep, we go through different stages of room and non-room sleep. During REM sleep, your eyes move around rapidly in a range of directions but don't actually send visual information to your brain, which doesn't happen during non-REM sleep. First is non-REM sleep followed by a shorter period of REM sleep, and then the cycle starts over again. Dreams typically happen during REM sleep. So in stage one, our eyes are closed, but it's still easy for, for us to wake up. And this stage can use can um, last for five to ten minutes. Stage two, we are in light sleep. Our heart rate slows and our body temperature decreases. When our body is getting ready for deep sleep, this can last for ten to twenty-five minutes. Then we reach stage three, which is the deep sleep stage. It's harder to wake up during this stage, and if someone woke you up you would feel disoriented for like a few minutes. And in the deep stages of non-REM sleep, our body repairs and regrows tissues, builds bone and muscles, and strengthens the immune system. As we get older, we sleep more lightly, and we get less deep sleep. Aging is also associated with shorter time span of sleep. Although studies show that we still need as much sleep as when we were younger. Bright screens can affect your cardiac rhythm. The natural light and dark cycle of the day helps your body know when it's time to be awake and alert, and when it's time to wind down and get some shut eye. If your eyes are constantly glued to bright lights, think phones, TV screens, video games, and more, how is your body supposed to know it's time to rest? In short, it won't know. Putting phones and other bright screens away 
About 30 minutes before bedtime is a good habit to practice to maintain. Our body releases chemicals in a daily rhythm, which our body clock controls. When it gets dark, our body releases a hormone called melatonin. Melatonin signals your body that it's time to prepare for sleep, and it helps us feel drowsy. With different ages, there tends to be ranges in the amount of sleep. For example, teenagers sleep ranges to 8 to 10 hours. Young adults sleep range is 7 to 9 hours. And older adults sleep range is 7 to 8 hours as well. It is essential for our body to recharge and to enable you to feel fresh and alert to wake up. Without sleep, it impairs abilities to think and con- concentrate and retain, retains information. So thank you for, for listening. listening. You've been listening to us, the students of the University of Otago's 2021 Science Academy. This has been our first step into the world of science communication, radio and broadcast. We will be developing a series of science communication podcasts on OFM Dunedin when we return to the Science Academy in July. Be sure to listen out for them later this year. This podcast was produced by OFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.